Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a land. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Welcome back. Sports Sunday, hour number two. I am your guy, Rashad Taylor. Mike Lynch is out being sick. Hopefully my dude is feeling just a little bit better. I know it's tough being sick, man. I hate it. I hate it, but I'm hard, and so I I push through it because that's what thugs do. Um, <laughs> Coming up right now, man, I, so something we've been kind of teasing. We talked a little bit about it in the first hour. Portland Trail Blazers. The Portland Trail Blazers have won their sixth straight. With this last win over the Oklahoma City Thunder of 108-100, they've moved into the third spot in the Western Conference. Let's clap it up for the Trailblazers. I know a lot of us didn't think that they'd be able to do it. Some people have been down on them for most of the year. Some people still kind of are and kind of feel like this Western Conference is just not as competitive as it usually is. There's a lot of injuries out to key players on key teams. Of course, the Warriors... And the Rockets are just running roughshod over the rest of the league. But the Portland Trailblazers currently, with a record of, let me find it, I'm sorry, computer's going slow, with the current record of, shoot, 20 or 30, 30, where's the place? There we go, 37, 26. Currently the fifth best in the NBA. Currently the fifth best record, you know, in the NBA. One ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who are on less than cruise control. What's what's worse than cruise control? They're in, like, park. I, That's where Cleveland is right now. They're parked. They know idle. that there's no losing. No matter where they're seated, no matter if they're the home or the away team in the playoffs, it's not going to matter in the Western Conference. They're not going to have home home court over Golden State or Houston, so that part doesn't really matter. So at this point, they know that they just need to get there. It's not going to matter if they have to play in Boston in game one and game seven. It's, it's not going to matter. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers come out. But the Portland Trailblazers, home court is incredibly important because if the season were to end today, they would play the San Antonio Spurs. And that means they would welcome in former Portland Trailblazer LaMarcus Aldridge, who has that team still kind of, you know, rolling on all cylinders at this point. My question to you, the fan, the Blazer fans out there in PDX, are the Trailblazers really the third best team in the Western Conference? I personally say they are not. The only reason I would say they are not is because Jimmy Buckets will be back. We know that he's coming back before the season ends. The the Timberwolves didn't do anything during the season to show me that they weren't the third or fourth best team. In the Western Conference, I still think they're better than San Antonio. I think San Antonio is lucky enough to have a, a phenomenal, almost cultish coach 
and Greg Popovich that really makes everybody drink the Kool-Aid and do exactly what he wants them to do. But I think the Blazers are right there in that that fifth spot. And honestly, I think that's okay. Just considering that the West is still a very good conference, just right now all the teams are so jumbled in between there, it's hard to tell who's who and what's what. The record would tell you right now that the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't as good as the Blazers. I think if you saw these two teams in front of you, you would say differently. I, I think that we've seen from the past as this team's been constructed that when it's playing at its best, it's about fourth and fifth in the West. So I think you're about right. I, I mean, they basically... I think that you could maybe make the justification that they're in that four, three, four range because they've made some good improvements, adding um, a Nurkic in the middle. Um, you know, maybe Zach Collins is going to start paying off. Uh, but as it is, I think based on past play, what we've seen from the Blazers in the past that they, we've stated, stated it on this show recently, it's a second half team. Like uh, this team, the last several years we've gone in the first half like oh man well we were expecting so more so much based off of what they they the way they finished last year and then they finished strong so this year it seems to be going much of that way and then on top of that they they have going in their favor that the rest of the west is getting a little bit beat up and currently as it stands they're pretty healthy yeah it looks like every team in the western conference uh well at the bottom of the Western Conference, for the most part, is dealing with some type of injury to a key player on their team. Jimmy Butler is going to be out for the next few weeks in Minnesota. Obviously, uh, the Pelicans are dealing with losing Boogie Cousins, and because of that, uh, Anthony Davis has just been on a tear, Western Conference Player of the Month. A lot of people feel like that could have been Damian Lillard, should have been Damian Lillard. It's hard to disagree with that, Uh, but whenever you're putting up double-digit rebounds and 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 points like that's a that's that's going to be a big you know selling point for a lot of people so that's why ad was able to do that and ad has this new orleans team who's not very good still sitting in the fifth spot in the western conference so i think that's that might have been a little bit why he got that uh denver was dealing with the loss of Millsap for a while he finally came back a little bit ago you ask yourself what could this team how good could they have been if paul Millsap had played the entire season and I think that's a big question that nobody has really asked. Denver is a team that's been kind of <clears> – they're fighting for that last position with uh, the Clippers and with the Jazz. But, I mean, just imagine if they have their all-star there. Like, how good is that Nuggets team all of a sudden? I'm, are they as good as the Blazers? Probably not. But are they much better than, you know, 35 and 28? I don't know. Well, the, the see, the, Den, the Denver Nuggets are one of those teams because the way that the – the West is so bunched up that technically feasibly if Denver went on a good enough run that they would, they would be able to make a, a run for, you know, home court advantage. They're only what uh, a couple games back, um, two games back of Portland right now. And, and if you want to talk about a team that you don't want to see in the first round with home court advantage, that's the Denver Nuggets. Oh, no. They are almost unbeatable at Pepsi center. Now on the road, you can very much beat the Denver Nuggets. They are not the same team when they're in your court. But when they're at home, they're virtually unbeatable this year. And that so if all of a sudden things flip-flop, Denver ended up in the fourth, Portland ended up in the fifth, I I would be basically waving bye-bye. I think you're going to lose in the first round of the Denver Nuggets because they do have talent. They're they're good enough at home, but I don't I but they're just not good enough on the road. No. So that the Blazers probably could overcome the the fifth seed more than a, a team like the Denver Nuggets or o- Oklahoma City. Maybe I we don't have, know. We have another message here on the on the text line. Uh, 
Why couldn't they be the third best team? Damon CJ are as good at one two punch as anyone else in the league in the three to ten range. Uh well, are they? Let's see. Um is Dame and mind you, is is Dame and CJ a better one two than and mind you, he's hurt right now, but Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. I'm gonna say no. Probably not. Um uh, and I guess right now, you look at are they a better one two than I guess man probably than Westbrook and and Paul George? I, okay, so one of the reasons I would say no is is that one one of our complaints that just always comes up about these guys is that they're basically clones of each other. They're the same player, right? Yeah, and, and that's, CJ does a little less without the ball, you know. Westbrook and Paul George are two totally different players that complement each other. Westbrook is a ball dominant guy, um, where uh, you know that that loves dishing out the ball, rebounding the ball, driving to the hoop. And you got Paul George who can just spot up and shoot the ball and can just, you know, wait for a distribution of the ball coming to him. And same thing with Carl, um, Carmelo Anthony, you have these shooters on the outside, like it should work, but it, you know, because the players complement each other as opposed to Dame and CJ, just they don't complement each other because they're the same guy. They don't play different positions, and that's what's difference between a Carl Anthony Towns and a Jimmy Butler. They're CJ, totally CJ gets positions. buckets. That's CJ's goal. That's his goal in life is to get buckets. Um, so I just think it's that, that's where the two are different. Dame um, is more of a ball player as far as, man, making sure I can get some extra rebounds, try to get some assist in between there. Um, that's where the two are a little bit different. But as far as scoring the ball, they almost do the exact same type of thing. You but know, so. what you're talking about, these other combinations, they're more than just buckets, right? Like they are. Carl Anthony Towns um, can lock down the paint, um, but can also he can get you a major bucket. Same thing like Jimmy Butler, great defender on the perimeter, also can get you buckets. Whereas CJ, you're like, eh, I don't really like his defense, but boy, he can get me buckets. Yeah. So that's, I think the difference is we don't, I, I, I think you're right. Dame is more versatile than CJ in that way that he can dish it out. He can go and, and fight for those rebounds, but you need another guy that can Swiss Army the way that Dame does. If you want to know who was winning the Liberty versus Radford game, the score is 8-7. to seven. I know this is riveting basketball right now as somebody from Radford just missed a free throw. Okay, coming up next, Kirkers. Kirk Cousins is on the market, and apparently there are about four teams that are really, really interested for his services. We will talk about what is the best landing spot of those four teams when we come back right here on Sports Sunday in the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back, 1018, right here on 1080 The Fan. We're talking a little Kirk Cousins. He is the, it's odd, but he's the big name that's available. Why is that odd? Well, I mean, it's just, I don't know if it's just weird because for me, uh, Kirk Cousins has been really good. Um, but I like, I don't know if like he's the big free agent that's out there right now. Like, oh. I mean, it, like I said, he's been really good. It's just, it's, you're more of a Kirk Cousins guy than I am. We've talked about this. Um, I think Kirkers has been great, but I don't know if he's worth all the hubbub about him. I think the, I think really 
my big thing about is Washington being so petty over the whole situation. That was the whole reason I kind of started paying more and more attention because he hasn't been a bad quarterback. He's, he's a been top really good quarterback. He's been he's been really good. So he hasn't been a bad quarterback. I don't know if maybe it's just I, uh I don't know. Maybe I just still don't trust Kirk Cousins or whatever the case is. I don't know why, but he's I still got, feel that way. But he's still a very good quarterback. He's got three and a half years of starts under his belt. Three and a half seasons worth of starts under his belt. He in that time, uh, if you just now I've told you I'm I'm a eyes guy. I I look at eyes more than stats, but if you want to combine the two the stats say he's a top 10 quarterback. My eyes say he's a top 10 quarterback. Now, does that mean he is Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or no, but at the same time, that is also a guy that you can build a franchise around and you don't see quarterbacks that you can build franchises around hit the open market. And that's what's so incredible about this. The last time you had it happen was Peyton Manning. And the only reason it happened is because, well, he didn't even know if he could throw a ball at that point in time, but yet People were still willing to throw fifty millions dollars at him over a four-year period. Or I don't know. It was uh, he was making like nineteen million a year, um, not being able to throw a ball. So it, it's just one of those things where now you wonder. Everybody knows how much I love Kirk Cousins. I've been on on this station many a times saying how much he's gotten a raw deal, and I have said I would love the Broncos to be able to pick him up, not for thirty million a year. And right now, the scuttlebutt is he wants a three-year contract. He wants about $90 million out of that three-year contract. And then he wants to be able to make another contract in three years after that, that so, cap goes So I'm going to ask again. you this, and I know we got to move him, but I'm going to make sure I ask you this. Is he currently, is he better than Brady? You said top 10. So I'm going to go through 10 of them, and you say, just say yes or no. Okay? Okay. Brady. No. Is he better than Rivers? No. Well, wait, Philip Rivers? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is he better than Matt Stafford? Yes. <laughs> Drew Brees. No. Big Ben. No. Matt Ryan. No. Uh, Russell Wilson. No. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. No. Jared Goff. Yes. I, I'm going to disagree with some of those guys in there. I don't think he's better than uh, you said. Better than Matt Stafford. Yes. I. You know how I feel about Stafford. I yeah, but but go look at the numbers. They put up virtually identical numbers, except like the the talent that's been around uh, the the talent that's been around Cousins and what he's been able to do with that talent is phenomenal. Anybody that's going to tell you that he's had good talent or superior talent is out of their mind because. Let's, but but you can't act like he hasn't had Pierre Garcon. Pierre isn't Garcon a good- is one of the most overrated wide receivers I've ever seen play. Pierre, like Pierre Garçon, Pierre Garçon's fine. Made a name for himself. He's not a number one. He, he made a name for himself. No, he made a wa- he, made, he made a number name for himself with with Peyton Manning, and then went to Washington, and he was fine. He was fine. He was okay. He was, he was fine, okay. and, and that's the thing. Like, show me like Matthew Stafford had Megatron. Show me a a, a wide receiver that even comes close but to Megatron. Actually, did better without Megatron. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Like, um, Golden Tate. Probably better than any. I, I I think Golden Tate's better than Pierre Garcon. Um, that's that's fair. All right. I, I I think he's had better talent, but yet if you go and look and see what Kirk Cousins has done, he's probably taken care of the ball better. In fact, I know he's taken care of the ball better than Matt Stafford. He's probably put up comparable, if not more yards than Matt Stafford. He's probably putting up comparable touchdowns, maybe a few less because um, the. Detroit Lions have been a less balanced team, whereas, uh, I mean, and 
let's face it, Washington runs the ball more. So he has he has less opportunities um, probably than Matt Stafford, and he's probably putting up comparable numbers with inferior talent. We got some uh, messages here. Messages here. Those are some messages talking. We have some text here on the Bridgeport Beers text line. I think Kurt was hurt by the poor ideas throughout the Washington organization. I totally agree. Um, that's just a poorly, poorly ran franchise. It has been forever. If not for coaching, then definitely Washingtonian GM decisions or lack thereof. Yeah. Um, I think Kirk, I don't think Kirk is Aaron or Drew uh, by his own skill. No. No, I no not at all. I, and I, I said that from the beginning. He's, I, I didn't think he was a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, uh, one of these guys in their prime. But at the same time, if you're going to tell me, I, I very much say you can make the argument he is better than Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's had a much longer period of time in the NFL to do something. What has Matt think, Stafford ever done? I think it's a fair argument. Like I said, I, I think Matt. Well, hold on. Matt Stafford was kind of jobbed out of going to was an NFC Championship. You know, without a you know a stupid call. No, oh, I, I get it. Yes, there, so. but I mean one one season. He's had one. One season. All it takes is one season. I mean, Nick Foles has had one season. It, it, I mean, it's just, you know, it, Nick, it's well, kind of Nick one of those Foles seasons. actually has one historic season, and then he has also a Super Bowl MVP, and yet he is still considered to be a, a backup. backup quarterback yeah. by most. Yeah. Now, what, what uh, Cousins, Cousins has done is given you one, he's never been hurt. Like, he, he's started every game. He, he doesn't miss games due to injury, all right? So he, he's durable. Two, he's given you three seasons, three consecutive seasons with 4,000 yards plus passing. Three consecutive seasons as a fourth-round pick with 4,000 consecutive yard, uh, uh, 4, yards passing. That's um, the, All of these things are the same thing that you got out of Matt Stafford, except you're getting a, a guy that takes care of the ball better, um, that has done more with less. Um, I mean, you want to talk about even the the defense, like, or or his offense. His offensive line this year was a disaster. His receivers were atrocious, and yet he still found a way to put up four thousand yards of offense. So, I Cousins is good. I'm not saying he's weak. So let's just be incredibly clear. I'm saying I I just don't like him that much. However, there are four teams that really like him and really think they could change the fortunes of their franchise. Um, those four teams are. There are two from the AFC, two from the NFC. The Denver Broncos and New York Jets representing the AFC and the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings representing the NFC. Which of those teams are best suited for Kirk Cousins? The answer might shock you for me, but currently, I think I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think really, and it's really disrespectful to Case Keenum, uh, just considering the year that he's had and what he was able to do for that Vikings franchise, taking them all the way to the NFC Championship, um, and really outside of some, you know, some some poor tackling, you know, probably should be there. Um, I think the Vikings have everything that you want from a team. They have a really solid defense. You play in a dome, so you don't have to worry about the elements. You have a few stud receivers. Um, and a good tight end with Adam Thielen, who's emerged as one of the good, really, really, really solid receivers in the NFL. Also, Stephon Diggs, who is just as electric as they come. And then you throw in a Kyle Rudolph on top of that. Uh, that That's the makings of a really, really good team. So if there's any team that he's really, really considering, um, they've got a little over $50 million in cap space. So that means they can give him, you know, a nice reasonable deal. So I think that might be the 
the franchise that he kind of ends up going to. And my second pick, if he doesn't go there, it's clearly the Denver Broncos. Like, you, you have to go there. You have to play with that defense. The toys they have to play with, and Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, who I think the Vikings, or excuse me, the uh, Broncos are saying that they're, they have every intention on retaining moving forward. That gives you a lot of flexibility. And then look at what you have, and you probably have the best pass rusher in defense, on, or in the league, excuse me, and somebody like Von Miller. So uh, they let go of Akeem Tlaib to be able to kind of clear up some additional money. So uh, the Broncos are looking like a great destination. But right now, as it stands, I'm saying the Minnesota Vikings are the team that they get them. Uh, I, I, I think that's a no-brainer if I'm Kirk Cousins. If it's truly about winning and not about making the money – um, and you want to, you know, work out a deal with the franchise that is locked and ready right now within, with a three-year window, that's the Minnesota Vikings. And, and the problem with, with a team like the Denver Broncos is you have to pay too much right now. You have to sacrifice too much to make that cap room. I mean, you have to get rid of guys like Aqib Tlaib. You probably have to trade a guy like Von Miller or at the very least get rid of a guy like Derek Wolf to make this happen. Those guys are anchors to a defense that, you won Super Bowl 50 because of that defense, and you're not going to win another one because you brought in Kirk Cousins and got rid of your anchors on what make you, makes your team tick. So you have to give too much up to get him yeah. if you're the Denver Broncos. The the New York Jets, they were better last year than promised. However, you look at that wide receiving court, uh, not very great. Are they going to keep ASJ around? Um uh, I can't remember the name of their guy that just kind of came on in the wide receivers, but he's in trouble with the law. Um, it, there's just so many holes in New York right now, but they can pay you. They can pay you $45 million this year if you want. So if it's about the money, then the Jets make sense. Otherwise, it, it should be the Vikings all the way, and it shouldn't be anybody else because if you want to win a Super Bowl, you have a three-year window with them easily, and then it, it's kind of where the same thing where all these teams where they've drafted really well. They got a young team. They're ready to go. In three years, those contracts are going to be up. Uh, we got a message here on the on the text line before we get out of here. In my memory, Stafford, uh, more of a gunslinger. But like Jay, like Jesse said, Detroit is more exciting receivers than what Cousins did. Absolutely, I'll never disagree with that. And Megatron is one of the best to ever do it. So whenever you have a guy like that, uh, it definitely puts you in a different position. Okay, coming up next. It's my favorite segment. It's everybody's favorite segment. It's Hater to Love It. Coming up next right here, Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10.35 right here. Beautiful Northwest Portland. Let's hear it, man. Hater to love it. It's just me, so it looks like I'm going first. I mean, I typically just kind of play with you a little bit and turn it into more of an argument session than anything. But, you know, because we like to lock horns every once in a while. It's fun sometimes. It, it is. I. I like to argue. I can tell. I know um, you must drive Marie nuts <laughs> at home. Um, I've always been a button pusher. I like to find out whose people's big red button is, and then I like to just keep tapping just, it until, yeah, you, yeah, until see if it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I have had my moments with my groups of friends where they've been like, until it's like, oh, it's time to leave. I've 
I've worn out my push, welcome. Push too many of the buttons. <laughs> yeah. I, <hear> you. <laughs> um, I got beat up a lot by my brother when I was a kid. It was kind of like my pastime. Well, luckily, our show's only two hours. Yeah. So yeah, and you only got that, me once a week. Absolutely. So. But I, I always feel like this show needs a little bit of conflict, so I feel like I'm good for that. Um, and you know, just in general, our shows on the fan don't have a lot of conflict. So I I try to generate some of that uh, that that atmosphere, and okay. I don't think it's it's really a trying because that's it. just my natural controversy creates cash, fam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, yeah, eleven it, rating. It, it just wouldn't be great if we were always agreeing on everything. That'd just be oh yes, oh that's wonderful idea. Oh, there I love go. it. I you're right. Like, who wants to hear that all the time? No. That's why we, that's why we pull in the big numbers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead. Hit us, bro. Um, all right. So uh, we brought up Zach Collins a little bit earlier. He's got, uh, there at the beginning of the show, I believe our second segment, we, we had a, a texture kind of come in and say, hey, this is it. This is Zach Collins. This is the guy. This is the guy. Like, um, and, and it was his biggest game as a Blazer. 12 points, five rebounds, five to six from the field, two big blocks. Um, definitely a big part of the victory for the Blazers last night. They probably don't get it without Zach Collins' play. Um, love or hate, last night, Zach Collins coming out party for the Blazers. Hey, <laughs> that's easy. Uh, you can't have one good game and have 12 points and two big blocks and say that you're coming out party. I think this is the first time we really saw uh, what Zach Collins could do in extended minutes. Uh, I think he's got extended minutes before. <laughs> And he hasn't really panned out to a whole lot, mind you. And all the times he's got to play a little over 15 minutes is only the third time he's ever scored any more than 11 points. Uh, he had 12 uh, last night, but he did have the big block. So I'm not saying that it can't be good for his confidence moving forward. I think sometimes you just have to be able to see the ball go in. You have to know that you can make a couple of key plays, key blocks, key rebounds in between there to know that you belong on the floor. I think with more opportunities like that, he will be able to kind of show um, – show his skill set. Like I said earlier in the show, most of us knew that he was going to be a project and it's going to take a little while for him to get to where we presumably presumably believe he'll be. So I think it's important to stay patient, take this as a, as, as a small win, but don't think that next game he should go out and do the same thing. You want him to, but don't be disappointed if he doesn't. I very much agree. I, I think this is... I said it when that text came in. I think this is a very much con, like average reactionary blazer reaction where oh oh my gosh finally yes oh like this is it it's clicking for him how many times have we had this moment as blazer fans like a thousand it happens every year every over year. and over and over whether again. it's luke babbitt or uh rudy fernandez or you know something sergio rodriguez there's always <laughs> somebody chocolate. ruben boomche boomche there's always somebody that's like oh he's the next guy and it doesn't work like that so i just urge you just be patient and let you know let the other shoe drop yeah we, we we gotta realize that one this guy was drafted to be a project and two um one night doesn't make a career if, if and number one he was drafted he didn't even start for his college team. He came off the bench, and he got drafted mm-hmm. before guys that actually started. You knew this would be a process. Let the process work. Ask Embiid. Let the rock trust the process. That's right. It just it just gotta trust them. You gotta believe that they're gonna they're going to uh, get what they can out of this kid. Because like you said, he wasn't even starting at his college program last year, um, let alone you know on on the Blazers. So um, this is an interesting theory that I heard from call in this week. I want to say it was Friday morning. 
um, he was talking about the precedences that have been set by guys like um, Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. And what I mean by that is that they, because they were so big, had the ability to walk away from the sport, retire, re-energize, and then come back in the situation that they thought suited them best, i.e. Phil Jackson going and teaming up with Shaq and Kobe and winning a bunch more rings, um, you know, or um, Michael Jordan coming back and winning three more rings with the Bulls. Love or hate, LeBron James should step away, retire for a half a season next year, and come back with his choice of what he thinks would give him a best chance at winning a championship <laughs> next year. Uh, hey, um, Cowherd says some things sometimes uh, that are borderline ridiculous. <laughs> um, sometimes he'll say some really poignant stuff and he likes to draw those parallels between you know, business and life and some of those things, which is a big reason why people like him. This isn't one of those times. You don't tell Michael Jordan left, and like I said, I got different uh, beliefs of why Michael Jordan retired in 1993. That's a whole different story, man. Get at me on Twitter if you want to know what I think about that part. But no, LeBron James, that would only hurt his legacy. If LeBron James, the most banged on athlete that we've possibly ever seen, what makes you think that him sitting out six months and then deciding, you know what, I'm going to go play for Minnesota? What about that do you think would, would help his legacy at all? Everybody continues to say he's nowhere near as good as Jordan. He's not the greatest of all time. I disagree with that. But at the same time, it's like how, there's nothing he can do outside of winning more championships that would help him. Him taking six, seven months off to, to let his body heal or whatever before he comes back doesn't help his legacy at all. It's only going to vilify him even more. So, no, there's nothing he can do. That would be the dumbest thing in the world. Unless it was some type of stupid contract negotiation with Cleveland, they didn't want to pay him money, then I would sit out because, man, screw you guys. But if it's other than that, you, he he has nothing to gain in that situation. Only a lot to lose. Yeah, I, I think the only reason you do this is you're thinking you want to extend your career a certain amount of time. You need a certain amount of games that you don't play. But you know what? Can... Go to power forward. That will change everything. That'll change exactly how you play. It'll change the demand on your body. Go to power four. I mean, it, the idea, I mean, he's already kind of doing that. Like, he doesn't play as many minutes as he used to. You know, he. you can, every year you see it a little bit more that he and his teams turn it off for a little bit, and then they just kind of turn it on. And they know this, listen, when, you're, when your competition are the Pistons and the, the Knicks and Milwaukee and all these teams at the bottom of the conference, man, you're not concerned about what what's what's gonna happen? He's he's concerned about having to play Miami first round. Oh no, the Bucks. Oh, the, the that pesky 76ers team. Like, come on, man. Like, I mean, good teams, but no, none of those are none of those teams are beating LeBron. I'll tell you what though, the the idea that okay, you're LeBron James, you're gonna go okay. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna work out privately on my own. I'm gonna play some pickup basketball for the next nine months, and I'm just gonna see how things kind of. Uh, ride out, see if, if, let's say, a team like the 76ers, right? Like, how are they going to mature next year? Um, how how are the Lakers going to mature? Are they going to take the next step with Lonzo? And, and then, as opposed to trying to make that decision this offseason, because you know, like, some of these teams that if he's going to leave have some young talent, still have some question marks, and that allows him to kind of sit back 
give it a little bit more time to assess what's the best fit for him. He gets to come back, be totally energized, and just dominate the NBA for you know a four month, five month period of time and get another another title. That that sounds logical to me. I can I can understand the logic there, especially if you're trying to extend the career. Um, but as far as a guy that is trying to generate and create his own legacy, it's not about um, it's not about whether he's a Hall of Famer now. It's whether he's the best ever to play. That does affect that argument, and so that is the number That's one right. reason. He has nothing to gain yeah. from from that situation, even a little bit. Okay, Jesse, who won? How many points did I get? Oh, you you got like three points, so you win. Play the music. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Oh wait, that's no the wrong, wrong song. There, there we, we go. go. Sorry. Woo! I always take these W's. Thank you for not coming, Lynch. I think that puts me like on a four-game win streak. I'll take it. I'll take it. I think that's the longest win streak that we've ever that we've ever seen here on this show. Now were two of those wins because he wasn't here. Doesn't matter. You're you're asking the wrong questions, bro. You're asking all the wrong questions. All right, coming up next, uh, I'm getting a lot of LeBron texts, so it looks like we got to talk LeBron coming up right here on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Grand opening, grand closing. We are about 12 minutes away from the end of the show. Maybe more like eight. Something like that. We always sign off a little bit early. No, we sign off. 57 57, after. yeah. yeah. About yeah our, so we're about nine minutes away. Yeah. So um, it's so funny. Like LeBron, hold on one second. There's something I wanted to hear first. And I think it's coming up. And here it comes. It should be coming up. I don't know why it's not. Oh, oh well, it wait, well, either way. There we there, go. Oh, Learning how to work the board. You guys know what that music means. Should have came back from the commercial, but players mess up. That means I win. In your face, Lynch. Get better, bro. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> So it's so funny. Like, there's one name in sports that every single time we mention him, that's the biggest hot button around, and it's LeBron James. Like, I thought I thought when we talked about Houston, I'd get a lot of James, James Harden hate. But I think some of that has kind of subsided for a lot of people. Like, you see, you don't hate him as much because I think now you kind of recognize how good he actually is. So now I think the hate has uh, subsided a little bit. And plus, because Chris Paul plays with him now, now people can hate him as opposed to Harden. So I thought we'd get a lot of text about, why are we talking about Harden? He sucks. He this. Not as many. Most of them were pretty complimentary about Houston and what their chances are to be Golden State were. But LeBron James, you bring up his name a minute and even mention him in the same breath as Jordan, whether you agree or disagree, that's when all the texts start flying in. I'm not sure if this is how it works on the other shows. I'm sure LeBron is a big point of contention, but... On this show, for sure, like whenever we mention LeBron James, we get a bunch of messages. So I'm going to read some of them before we dive into uh, LeBron. Um, I hate to say, or we have one that says, um, I hate to say I find LeBron and Jordan about the same in greatness. Um, that's not good side talking or side taking radio either. So basically, you know, a lot of people just 
feel like LeBron is on the same plane as Jordan, and I totally agree. Well, you guys know that already. I'm not going to say that. Uh, the Sixers could beat him, which I assume is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nobody wants to play with them anymore. Don't know if I agree with that. He went from everybody fighting to play with them to everyone giving it a pass. Uh, I think he's gotten too controlling and, to and created a toxic environment where only role players will play with them until they realize how crappy the situation is. That may be the case. Um, but I don't think it's a thing about people not flocking to play with LeBron anymore. Like, this year, man, everybody's played with them, and all those dudes just weren't as good. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was hurt for most of the season. Uh, hasn't really been able to find his rhythm. Looks like the Lakers have finally found their swag a little bit, but a lot of that is because Lonzo Ball came back. I still think uh, Isaiah Thomas is struggling a little bit. Um, J.R. Smith is J.R. Smith. He's crazy. He's going to give you only what he decides to give you on certain days. Uh, Iman Shumpert was trash. You know, he wasn't giving you anything. Now he's doing a reality show with his wife, so his career is pretty much over. Tristan Thompson is a Kardashian now, so he's not giving you any production on the floor. LeBron is the only thing keeping you afloat. He doesn't need people to play with him right now. He needs people to help him win in the finals. Right now, LeBron, is he's good enough to do it on his own, and that's an unfortunate thing because that's when he gets to the finals he gets burnt out because he had to beat Detroit on his own. He had to beat Indiana or whatever teams he had to play with on their own. He's going to have to beat Boston on his own. The rest of his team sucks and always has. People aren't flocking to Cleveland because Cleveland's not a cool place. And everybody knows LeBron James is on his way out. This is Dan Gilbert's fault. The Cleveland Cavaliers are not a well-run organization. They never have been. They let go of their GM as they finally got to a place to, of trust with all of their players, and they let him go and hired someone else. And since then, the, the, the wheels have just fallen all the way off for Cleveland. And they haven't been able to get it together. They've gotten progressively worse by the All-Star break for the past three years. But in the past three years, they keep going to the finals. So... I, I'm not really sure what else you can say about LeBron other than he carries whatever franchise he's on. He leaves tomorrow with all these people that are in place in Cleveland. Cleveland's in the toilet, and we all know it. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I, I know what buttons to push. You bring up LeBron, you're going to be pushing some buttons because, I mean, either people think he's overrated for some reason or think he think he's great. And to be honest, he's... I don't know how you can't think he's one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time, just based on what he does. The way he elevates a team. I've never seen a one single player elevate a team in the NBA like that. But once again, I'm not up. That's not my primary sport that I watch. But when I watch him every time, as much as I, I, I dislike him the way I dislike Tom Brady. I, do, I would like to see some other people win it. But at the same time, every time I watch, I'm in awe. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You never feel like you were shortchanged when you saw LeBron James play. And that's just kind of when you see him play every single night, he brings it 150%. Uh, people hold more of a, gr a grudge about the decision with LeBron than the actual crimes other athletes have done and held against them. Yes. Uh, uh, he, your People are still mad at LeBron for a press conference, for saying, man, I'm leaving Cleveland and I'm going to Miami. And I'm going to go play with my best. Listen, if any of us are in an industry and your best friends do something, you and your best friends are at the top of that industry, and then some job says, hey, man, I want to pay, pay you and your two friends to come work here. Who's not going to do that? I, I, I'm definitely going to take an opportunity to go play or to go play with my best friends if I get a chance to. Like, that would be silly. If somebody right now, Jesse, told you, hey, I know this is your career and what you do. How would you like to come and do this over here with your best friend for four years? Man, peace. 
I'm gone. That sounds fun. And yeah. I and I get to go live in Miami for four years? Man, deuces. You ever been to Cleveland? <laughs> no, ever, and ever, I don't think I ever, ever will. You ever been to Miami? Much different. Much different. Uh, Tristan Thompson is a Kardashian. Uh, uh, it's it's one of those things. Like he he woke. Somebody says uh, you wake up and you've been metamorphosized into a Kardashian. Yeah, like everybody's paying more attention to you for the things that you do off the court than your actual play on the court. You don't make layups. You don't shoot. You don't make dunks. You can't make free throws. What are you doing here? LeBron James has a bunch of B minus players, C plus players at best on his team, and he's still making it happen. Jordan never had C plus players. You know when he did? It's when he was forty and played for the Wizards. That was the C-plus team. And even yeah. then, he had a young Rip Hamilton who went on to be an NBA champion and an all-star and all that other stuff. So it's not to say that Jordan just had, Jordan just had better talent. LeBron just hasn't. It's just what it is. Yeah, no, LeBron's – I mean, outside of what he had in Miami, but even then you go – you look past um, the, the big three – Man, there was a lot of holes in that team. Oh, he man. just was so good. A lot of holes on that team. Like he made so. Udonis Haslam look so good. Mm, like, certain dudes, certain dudes on the team. But Lonzo Mourning, I think, retired. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, oh no, he you know, he wasn't on that team. <laughs> I can't remember who the big man on that team was. Eric Dampier. I don't remember. Somebody trash. Okay. I, I do have. Uh, by the way, I do. Before we sign out, um, the results of the Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins. Let's debate. hear it. So. Um, one quarterback, 13,176 yards over the last three seasons with 94 okay. touchdowns and 36 interceptions. The other quarterback, 13,035 yards, 88 touchdowns, 33 interceptions. Can you guess who is who? Uh, the 33 interceptions is going to be Stafford. 33 in- interceptions is Stafford. Correct. Okay. So, uh, Cousins has a slight edge in yards. He has a slight edge in touchdowns. Stafford has the slight edge in interception, so you could you could make the argument that Cousins is a slightly better quarterback. You could. I'm not gonna though. I'm still going with Matt Stafford. <laughs> All right, guys, man. Thank you so much for interacting with us on the Bridgeport Beers text line. Always get at us on Twitter at TaylorMade503 at Jesse Osman. We're always willing to interact with you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Lynch will be back next week. Hopefully, he doesn't give anybody in the office cooties because I would hate to miss next week's show. So, for Jesse Osmond, I'm Rashad Taylor. Thank y'all for joining in with us. Peace. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat!